I'm on a mission. A mission to speak with the most inspiring people from all over the world. I want to know their stories. I want to know what stories they used to tell. And are those the same stories that they're telling today? Or did they redefine that story to overcome limiting beliefs and achieve their dreams? I want to help them share their stories. Why? Because I know the power of the story. I know that it can make or break you. It can give you the world or it can tear it apart. There's always two sides going down in your head and you get to choose. Will I listen to the one that's trying to stop me or the one that keeps pushing? These are their stories and this is the stories we tell. What's up, y'all? It's your host, Jamie Messina. It is Pride Month, and we are coming at you with some coming out stories from previous guests and some new people. Today, we have Lauren Smith from the Mindful Dating Podcast. She's going to share her coming out story. But first, if you haven't hit subscribe yet, please go ahead and do that. And if you find value in today's episode or any of the episodes that you hear, go over and leave us a five-star review. That's going to help me reach my goal of rippling out to at least a million people and also help somebody hear this message today that might need to hear it. Um, yeah, so we're going to come at you. I know it's halfway through the month. Pride's coming up here in St. Pete this weekend, but we're going to get as many people until the end of the month that can share their stories that you might connect with, right? I love hearing people's stories. So let's just get to it with Lauren Smith. All right. I have with me Lauren Smith from the Mindful Dating Podcast. Yeah. Um, it is Pride Month, and we are here sharing our coming out stories. I'm going to have as many people as I can this month kind of share. I know it's a little late to the game, but um, I know that you are somebody who we got to hear a little bit about with your, uh, you know, later in life, lesbian, queer. Well, how do you identify? Can you share it with us? I would say queer. Yeah. I Basically, anything that's not cis male is going to make me happy these days. <laughs> well, then. Um, yeah. So... I mean, I'm, I always use this month because to share coming out stories because I feel like there are so many people that are a little nervous to come out or scared. And this is a time when pride, obviously, it's it's easier with pride. But then when they can hear other people's stories, it, it helps them as well. So can you kind of give us a little bit about how you came out, when you came out, how you knew you were gay, all the good things? Yeah, thank you so much for having me back. I love sharing this story because I lived for 33 years as a straight woman dating men that weren't really lighting my heart on fire and I always wonder what my life would have looked like if I would have come out sooner Mm. luckily I had a pretty pretty good feeling in my heart that when I did come out to my friends and family that it was going to be safe to do so but I needed to get to the point where I was able to admit to myself that I was actually gay There were so many times growing up that I thought about girls, like actually asked women out, um, had sexual experiences with women. But after all of that, I was like, what? No, I'm not gay. You know, I'm just I'm just having fun, whatever, experimenting. But I never felt safe enough to admit that I would have to grieve the person that everybody else thought that I was. Mm. And I would have to face the uncertainty of how would my life change? Would people treat me differently? One of the things that I actually did um, before I ever came out is I ended up buying a shirt that had rainbows on it. 
like, you know, just, um, it's like a software, one of my favorite softwares that I use, it's their logo, but it was in a rainbow. So it felt safe because if anybody misinterpreted me as gay, I could be like, oh, you know, I'm just an ally. This is my favorite software. You know, it wasn't truly a commitment to changing my identity, but I wore it to the food store, to the yoga studio. And I just noticed how people treated me thinking that if they perceived me as gay, what would that feel like? And I freaking loved wearing that shirt. (laughs) And (laughs) people are freaking awesome. I felt like more connected to people because when someone else wearing a rainbow or not like someone else from the lgbtq plus community or an ally saw that on me it was like an unspoken bond and that's all i ever wanted was to fit in i wanted to feel accepted for who i was so a little trick in case anybody else wants to try that out you must have got a lot of the homo heads up you know what that is No. (laughs) When you walk by family, meaning other gay people or people that you perceive to be, you kind of give them a little nod. (laughs) Mm. Um, Yeah, that's interesting. So when I realized I was gay and I already told people in my college, I had a rainbow bracelet and I wore it home one time and I saw my mom's face and it wasn't a friendly face. She was looking at me and I was like, "Mm, here we go. I better come out soon because she already knows. (laughs) Oh, that's so either way. That just makes me like so, so grateful because I knew my mom, if, you know, she saw me wearing that shirt and she never made me feel uncomfortable at all. Of course, my mom did have a gay brother who unfortunately died of AIDS when I was really young. Um, So I knew that she would be a safe person to come out to. I remember one morning about a week after I finally admitted to myself that I was actually queer we were sitting down for breakfast and I ended up kind of being like, Hey, you know, I think I'm ready to start dating again. You know, I had just recently gotten broken up with this guy, Marco, that we talked about at our previous episode. And she was like, Oh, that's so great. I know how hard it's been for you to really mend after this one. It was a real doozy. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm really thinking that I, I want to do some exploration and finally go out on a date with a woman. It's been something that's been in my head for a really long time. And her reaction was like kind of shock, like, but not in a bad way. You know, she was just eating and she was just like, oh, uh, oh, okay. All right. And she was still supportive. And, you know, now she, for my birthday, buys me pride shirts and like rainbow cups and stuff. So she's really great. I'm grateful for that. I love that. Um, Mm -hmm. By the way, so my brother is gay as well. My mom had definitely came around. Um, she was just going, you know, through her own stuff at that time, but uh, super supportive now as well. I just wanted to put that in there. <laughs> oh, good. I'm glad to hear that. So was there any part of your coming out that was difficult? Wow. Um, I think that the most difficult part about the process was facing the shame and the fear that had stopped me from coming out for those 33 years of my life. I went to a Catholic school for, uh, I guess until like 10th, no, ninth grade, then I switched to public school. So I think there was a lot of beliefs underneath the surface that worried if it would make me a bad person. I do think that in general, when I would share things that I desired or would share things that I wanted as a child, it didn't feel safe to do that that I would get judged or punished for just speaking up about what I wanted. 
And I think that I could suss out like at such a young age that that was definitely something that would have some kind of clap back. But, you know, when you're a kid, you, you're kind of like, I think that as an adult now that, that fear of that clap back is definitely not as intense as it was when I was like 12. Right. But finally in that space of during that breakup, it was right at the beginning of COVID. I luckily had been doing some meditation and I had some mindfulness skills. So I was finally able to feel safe enough. Like I created a safe space to let the shame come to the surface mm-hmm. and to let that fear bubble up. Um, Cause I had nowhere to go. I couldn't run from it anymore. I was stuck in my house with the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. And I realized that I survived and underneath of that shame was the excitement the adventure, the passion that I was missing in my life. And when I went out on those dates and I kissed a woman, I was like, oh, so this is what everybody's been talking about. <laughs> yeah. It's like anybody out there, if you're feeling the shame and the fear or anything, it's freaking scary. And sometimes it can physically be painful in your body to let those emotions come loose from their cages. But once you do, you see what they were guarding that whole time is what you want all along. Oh my God. I, you telling that reminds me because it was the same thing, whether it's 33 or 18, there, there was this one part of me that was so fearful of what might be, what people might think, obviously a different time. So even just how am I going to live my life this way and like not be an outcast or people looking at me differently. Um, and the other part of that was the, I got to meet lesbians and hang out with them. And it, you know what it was? Like, I really thought, like, I remember going to a hockey game at Northeastern and there was like a, a bunch of lesbians, clearly like lesbians in the stand. And I was like, I was looking at them and I was like scared. Like some of them had short hair and that was like scary to me. And then my friend introduced me and we went out with them all one night. And I was like, oh my God, they're just like normal people. Weird. Like my brain was like, did not, it had some kind of cognitive diffusion where I thought, oh, lesbians are different. But then when we, I was like, they're just normal. This is weird. You know, wait, that's me too. (laughs) You know? So, and then it was exciting. And then I got to start wearing clothes I wanted to wear. And I didn't care what people thought because I had them to have my back. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that you make a really excellent point that once you fully stepped into that, you got rid of the fear and the shame that was stopping you from that one decision, a huge decision, your sexuality. But once I did that, I realized that there was so many other decisions that I was making to avoid fear and shame that my entire life shifted, but not in a bad way. It shifted in a way that was matching more of what I wanted. Some people call it living in alignment, but I started buying different clothes. I started to eat different foods. I committed to exercising. Like finally I was able to do it because I was doing it for the right reasons, aligned reasons. It almost like it got rid of a lot of procrastination a lot of um, things that were keeping me stuck. And I was free to pursue what my heart really wanted because I gave myself permission. I stopped caring what everybody else wanted me to be. And I just started pursuing my heart's goals. Yeah. And once you made that shift, like how did things change for you internally? Mm. Well, from a physical perspective, my health really improved. I used to have, uh, well, I've, I've had clinical anxiety since I was in high school. And I think that that manifested itself in a lot of physical symptoms, migraines, stomach problems, uh, lots of other like things that I I don't really know if we need to go into in detail, but generally I didn't feel very comfortable in my own body. 
and I got so used to being uncomfortable that I didn't even realize that most people don't have those things that they deal with on a daily basis. So when I think I started to kind of find this place where I felt safe to be myself, my nervous system started to regulate and that anxiety stopped showing up in my body as much. And suddenly I, those symptoms started to fade. I mean, they still show up if I don't take care of myself, but I like have systems now to manage it, which is something that I never would have allowed myself to claim. I didn't think that I was really worthy of being comfortable in my own skin because that was a part of facing the fear, I suppose. Mm -hmm. So what would you tell somebody that is like debating on if they should come out right now and they're listening to this episode and they're like, so just in the, I don't know if you remember, I remember what it felt like when no one knew yet. And I had to like, was toying with the idea of sharing that. I remember um, the fear and the anxiety that I felt. So what might, what might you share with somebody who's listening that is maybe just like, I know this is who I am. I am scared shitless to share that with anybody. Um, What would you say? Oh, well, I would give them a really logical exercise. Just sit in a meditation, see what emotions come up and welcome the unpleasant ones in. And once you feel like you're real good feeling your feelings, get out a piece of paper and make a list of how your life will look in a year if you don't change Mm -hmm. and how your life will look in a year if you do decide to come out. I love and which one is more appealing. Right. I mean, and I know it's tough for people like location and where you live and stuff like that. It does matter. Obviously your family's political beliefs, their religious beliefs, all of that stuff matters. So I don't know if you have anything that you can share, maybe somebody who feels like they're going to lose the people that are closest to them. And maybe it's better just to hide themselves for the rest of their lives. Well, the, it comes down to a choice. Do you want those people that don't accept the real you in your life and at the expense of that, lose yourself? Or do you want to choose yourself? And in doing so, you'll naturally be attracted to people that will also see your true value. So essentially, if I had to summarize that to be more simple, it comes down to choosing them or choosing you. Yeah, still such a hard, like, you know, such a hard thing to do. And I'm happy that I did. And by the way, like, it's not like it, all of most people accepted me to my face, but it's not like it's an easy thing to do. You have to come out over and over and over, you know, it's a lot better now in this time, but it was still challenging. It's not like, Oh, I'm out. And like, this is yay forever. Like things come up. I get that. And I feel like that's why it's so important to have the community and to have pride and to have these podcasts and things like that. Yeah. I'm so grateful that you're out here doing this for all of us. Thank you. Um, Is there anything else you want to share with anyone that might be listening about pride, about being queer, about any of the things that we discussed? Oh, no, just, you know, I'm I'm here for you too. I want to serve the community just like you. And if you want, you can find me on the Date and Peace podcast or send me a DM on Instagram. Let's be friends. Yeah. Well, So thank you for sharing today. I appreciate you. And um, I'll link our last episode in here and also the one we did on yours. So if anyone wants to um, check it out, learn a little bit more about your story, about who this Marco guy is, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, They can do that there. But uh, happy Pride. It is actually St. Pete Pride this weekend. 
in Nashville. I'm debating on going to Nashville, but I'll probably just stay here in St. Pete. But um, for everybody that's celebrating, happy Pride. If you're newly out, congratulations. Welcome to the community. We love you. And yeah, that's all I got. That was Lauren Smith. She shared her coming out story with us. She has the Mindful Dating Podcast. I'm going to put all the information to connect with Lauren in the description, including our previous podcast together. And I will be back soon with another coming out story.